Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airways. Man, i got to get all my equipment straight here. We're kind of starting quickly here. My name's Casey Steed, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, that's for you, Maryland. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. Today is Saturday, May 23rd. It's hard to believe that we're, uh, gosh, it's Memorial Day weekend. Some people are thinking it, you know, when I, I actually made a mistake on one of the morning news shows, I said, it's, oh, it's two weeks away, because... I looked at the calendar, the 31st, but it's always the last Monday in May. So this month, there's only four Mondays, and uh, the 31st is Sunday. So it is this weekend, Memorial Day. But I wanted to uh, get right to our special guest. Uh, we've had him on the show very recently, actually on the morning news program uh, this week. I interviewed him, I think, a couple of weeks ago. One of the great things I did is I played an old interview when he was running back in 2014. When he was on Citizen Watch, and he's here with us again in 2020, Vern Warnke, Sheriff Vern Warnke. Welcome to the show, Vern. Thank you, Casey. Good uh, morning. Good morning. Thank you for uh, being with us. Also, just to let listeners know, the, they've given us, uh, given Citizen Watch a little, a little swag to give away. So at the end of this show, the uh, fifth caller, we're going to give away a family five-pack of masks from Image Master. And those will be sent directly from Image Master. We gave away uh, one last week. Our winner, Frank from Outwater, appreciate him calling in. We took the second caller. Believe it or not, we had we had two call in. Actually, a few more. So that was kind of nice. And this this weekend, we're going to add a ten dollar gift certificate to o, uh, O'Reilly's Pub down there. And it's good for the adult beverages. Just to let folks know, we're trying to. Trying to promote the businesses here in in uh, downtown, and O'Reilly's has been a great advertiser of ours. Of course, as you know, they've been closed for a while. They are just doing the food and the uh, takeout, that sort of thing. So, again, attend. That'll be good through the end of July. Vern, as you know, Sheriff Warnke, as you know, uh, businesses, I, I as we go to air, today's Thursday. Wednesday was the first day in operation. What Did you see anything, any, uh, any word on the ground you can give us, uh, what your observations were? Uh, you know, I haven't personally seen anything. Uh, I've had a lot of people calling and asking questions, and I give them my uh, proverbial two cents worth, and I let them know that I don't have any official standing to say things can be opened. However, I do have an official standing to say what I'm going to enforce. And so they uh, they took that lead, and, and they're taking care of business, and I think most of the cities within this county are also following that, maybe except Livingston, but... Uh, that's another story in and of itself. But uh, just so that the folks out here know that, you know what, three months ago it was legal, three months from now it'll be legal. So we're, we're dealing with this. And this point here is is that, uh, you know what, um, we got to get our people back to work. And so that's what I'm here. I'm here supporting that and making sure that anything that gets enforced is going to be something a lot more heinous than standing six feet close to each other. Right, exactly. And, and we should probably be clear, you're not standing down as far as any enforcement. If there's a situation or a, an outbreak or something uh, needs to, to take place, obviously uh, you're there for that. Exactly. And, and folks, when I said I'm not taking any enforcement, what, uh, I'm, I'm just not going after the, what I'll call the, the six-footers or the, or the essential business. Well, as far as I'm concerned, all businesses are essential because we've got to get people to work. What I'm looking at, the and the basic thing that we're going to enforce here at the sheriff's office is the quarantine order on those folks that have been uh, diagnosed 
with the COVID, and we are going to make those folks stay home because we don't need it out there spreading around, and we will take uh, all the necessary action to guarantee that. So please, folks, help me help you. And, um, you know, if you go to a business and it says, please wear a mask, do so. There's a lot of folks out there that are just going to say, you know what, I'm not going to wear a mask. Okay, fine, but uh, I'm looking at a lot of things. I wear a mask. I go to a business. Um, my lovely bride, she wore a mask, and she's watching all the fruits and vegetables. <laughs> so try not to get uh, this disease, do everything you can not to, because if you do catch it, you will be at home for 14 days, and we will enforce that. And there's legal ramifications for those who don't uh, abide by that. So please... You know, go out there, do everything you can to protect yourselves. But I fully don't believe that getting a haircut is going to uh, fall in the line of fire of this COVID. Right. And and just, I'm sure, uh, I think I'm correct in saying that a business owner, if they have, you know, no shirts, no shoes, no service, if they ha- ask you to wear a mask, it's really uh, their discretion inside that business to do so. So they they shouldn't be calling 911 saying, hey, this guy's making me wear a mask and he, he doesn't have to. That's That's their prerogative as business owners. Yes, very much so, and we support that prerogative because that's their right, too, as business owners, as it is your right. If you walk up to a business you don't feel comfortable going in, you, if you're over 18 years old, you got that choice. Don't go in. Exactly. That's It kind of is a two-way street. It's kind of like this show. When people complain, I say, you know, there's this OFF button you can use, or uh, you can yeah. change, the, <laughs> change the dial. I know that we don't uh, always please everybody. You know, and the other thing you talked about a little bit, and it is very important going forward, and, you know, there are kind of some ominous words in uh you know, they're, they're really more from the health department, this surveillance and uh, tracking and tracing and, you know, where, where have you been the last two weeks? And again, uh, going forward and opening things up when we do encounter a situation and folks, we're going to, you know, somebody's going to, you know, not slip through the cracks, but going to be out there. Maybe something might happen. And that's where it's important to be able to go back through and, and find out where these folks have been so that they can, that we and you can help in that effort, contact those people. And like you say, uh, for those that need to stay home 14 days, that's something that's not negotiable. No, it's not negotiable. And we've gone so far as to I'll use this term uh, so the folks understand. We will offer to place an ankle monitor on you to make sure that you do stay home. Now, the the issue that a lot of these folks don't realize is one person catches it, but we go to their home to do all of our stuff, and we find 10 other people in that same home. Well, guess what? All 10 of those people are now quarantined. Mm-hmm. And when we found, I'm t- talking to Dr. Kristen Sullivan, the head epidemiologist, I've been able to say that word now, uh, she says a lot of family transmission uh, we're seeing here. So just what you talked about, one person brings it home and kind of kind of spreads it around. Exactly. So that's what we're trying to prevent uh, to get that out there. So take the precautions. The three constants here have been wash your hands, cover your face, and social distance. Mm-hmm. And that's been the three. Everything else is all over the charts as far as what they're wanting to do and the you know, the investigations and the businesses, and, you know, it's just ironic that the businesses that are allowed to stay open, and they need to when we talk about nursing facilities, nursing home facilities, they've been the biggest, uh, I say, transmitter of uh, the COVID, mm-hmm. and yet they're a required necessity, and yet they haven't gotten one barber shop to show that the guy caught, you know, getting his haircut got COVID. So, you know, I'm just thinking we need to be a little... Uh, consistent with allowing folks to make up their own minds, and uh, if the state needs to do a little bit more directing on the, uh, I guess the healthcare field in the nursing homes, then maybe we ought to do that. 
But, you know, where I get my haircut is very professional, very clean. And I've been in there right after a client uh, got his haircut. And the barber is washing everything. And that was before COVID. So washing everything, everything sterilizing. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm at a loss. And that's why I took the stance I did and sent my uh, now uh, known letter to uh, Sacramento. Yeah, we're going to talk about that letter in just a moment. But you reminded me something that uh, Darren McDaniel brought up at the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, Tuesday. Of course, it may have been a special meeting. I know there's been a lot of them. I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, he mentioned when he got the numbers by Dr. Sandoval, he took exception with the Merced numbers because they've been increasing. And I guess there was a, a large number, double digits, that were in a nursing home. And, and Darren's point was if we took that away we would really see that's kind of the exception because it's uh, one of those controlled environments, what we've been concerned about at the jail. So right. it's like you say, the numbers that the health department gives us, while they're accurate, the way they're portrayed, we have this big problem, but it may be clustered. So going forward, and again, you mentioned your letter, uh, which is amazing what kind of reaction you can get for, uh, what is a stamp now, 55 cents. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you really did a, uh, and again, I was surprised uh, to learn and, and maybe I shouldn't have been, and the Sunstar did a follow-up interview with you, a Q&A. We'll cover that a little later. But uh, this isn't something that you generated. You were asked to write this letter. Is that not correct? That's very correct. I had one of the deputy chiefs of law enforcement from Cal OES sent me an email, and the way the email was written, it sounded like the other sheriffs in this chief's district were asked the same question. And so when I read that, I pondered on it, and then when I got to work the next day, I wrote the letter. And it, it literally, uh, by everything that I had to do, it took me about two and a half hours to contemplate. I'd write a little bit, and I'd go to a meeting and come back and write a little bit more. But when I got right at the end of it, I actually had one captain. He came in and reviewed it for me because I just want to make sure you have a second set of eyes on this. Mm -hmm. And he just said, it looks like you covered everything, Sheriff. And I said, okay, send. So... Uh, you know, it was asked of me whether or not I had some kind of uh, legal counsel before I hit send, and I thought, you know what, no. If you do something like that, then you get one person's advice. Well, I asked you, uh, I gave advice not to send it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know what, I was asked to give a response. I gave the response. I had one person check it out, and I sent it. Uh, and I sent it based upon my feelings, my gut feelings uh, from my heart. And when you, me as a sheriff, get constant phone calls and people coming in and talking to me and people in tears, Casey literally in tears because they're losing everything that they've worked hard for because of this. They had to shut down because somebody in a pair of loafers in Sacramento said that your business was not essential. Mm -hmm. Now, I find it odd that I can take my dog to get groomed, but I can't. Yeah, I, I uh, didn't really realize, but my vet, I had a little issue with one of my German shepherds, and uh, my vet never closed, and I didn't really realize. He goes, yeah, I'm essential, and, you know, I was thankful for that, but you look at to me, every business is essential at a, at a point. I, th I think your letter did a very, very good job. Again, it was from the heart, as you said, and and I really like the, f the, the point that, you know, you wrote this. You didn't have to get 50, uh, you know, all the commanders in a room, you know, let's review it, give me your thoughts, you know, the red, the red line, that... And it was effective. It was effective. And you spelled it out because I remember when this first started, we were all concerned. We didn't know. It was an incident. We'd never, like you said, in 41 years, you've never dealt with this. 
and right. you and you took the the cautious road. You did what was asked. The shelter in place, and that's what you say. I, I took the I took the stance to shelter in place. I was skeptical, but supported it. And boy, there were a lot of a lot more people that were skeptical. And you and I know who they are, the, the rabble-rousers, the, you know, what's the c- controlling authority? How can you tell me to stay home? Who are you? I've got rights. And, yep. and you had to lay that out. I remember asking you on a couple of shows, and we gave the controlling authority, the health and safety code, the, the uh, government, code. government codes. Is, thank you. And, and wh- while you may be used to, uh, folks may be used to having the penal and vehicle code, uh, at the forefront, there's other codes out there when these type of things happen. But after a period of time, when it didn't pan out, and again, you took the lead because you are, I, I tease him, he may not be a doctor, but he plays one on TV, <laughs> and, and people have taken issue with your medical uh, qualifications. But let me just tell you about our sheriff. He's not only the sheriff, he's the coroner. Now, if you guys don't know what a, you know, Quincy MD, do you remember that show? Do you remember all the how? Not house. There was some show out of uh, out of Canada. The guy inquest show. The guy was a corn. So, so so Vern Sheriff Warnke, believe me, he can tell you maybe not uh, cure you, but he can tell you how you died. <laughs> and and I've had he, a number of those cases too. And and he had to make just talk just a minute about the precaution or the uh, uh, you know plans you had to make in case it did hit the fan. You didn't take it lightly, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, we'd, uh, my command staff and I, we'd attended many, many conference calls uh, up and down the state and through our local Cal OES for this emergency going on there. And everything we were hearing, oh, my gosh, it's going to peak in two weeks. You're going to have so many bodies, you won't have enough room. So we were making plans. And I actually, uh, I say commandeered, I actually had uh, some equipment uh, that I was able to procure and we still, and it's ours, it belongs to the sheriff's office now, uh-huh. but uh, so I could house an extra 100 bodies. Yeah, when we talk about equipment, man, we're out of the first segment, can you believe it? When we talk about equipment, we're talking about the, uh, you know, the the, the, ref- the refrigerated trailers, right, Vern? Correct. Yeah, in other words, uh, you got to keep them on ice, because yes. if there was going to be this surge, and Mercy Hospital did the same thing, folks, again, we all took it seriously, and Vern explained that in the first paragraph of this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, four-paragraph, excuse me, three-paragraph letter. Very concise. We're out of time in the first segment. I think the sheriff can stick with us to continue this. I'll be sticking around, Kate. All right, we'll be right back. Stay alive, especially in this environment. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's dicey out there. But you know, it's loosening up. As our guest said, three months ago we were normal, and three months from now, man, I hope we're back to normal. Yeah. But this period of time has been tough. Hey, here we are, second second segment of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3, 1480 AM, KYOS. Saturday morning, May 23rd, 2020. Man, I'll tell you, you better have enjoyed the uh, cool weather. While it lasted, because let me tell you, it's going to heat up, my friends. It is going to heat up. All that dry grass is going to get drier. Fire department, I got my nasty gram in the mail. 
the little, uh, you know, you better get it mowed, you better get it uh, weed whacked down, and we've already seen some fires out there in the county. I'll tell you, that engine goes by about three times a day. The dogs love it. We all howl. Yeah. We all howl, but uh, I'll tell you, it's going to get dry, going to get hot, and uh, just take advantage. I think this is uh, one of the last nice ones, uh, but we need it. That's what we do. We grow things here in the valley. Because we are America's breadbasket. At the end of this interview, at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to give away a family five-pack of five face masks for your protection, courtesy of Image Masters. For more info on personal protective equipment, go to imagemasters.com and click on the PPE link at the top of the page. I'm also going to include a $10 gift certificate to O'Reilly's Tavern, located at 1730 Canal Street in downtown Merced. All you have to be is the fifth caller after the interview with Vern Warnke at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. The number is 384-3323 or 1-800-350-3777. And with me, I have the sheriff, one of 58. We're, you know, we're supposed to be our own economy, our own country. There's only 58 counties, 58 sheriffs. I have the, uh, I think, the best one. Well, thank you. <laughs> sheriff Vern Warnke. And, uh, you know, he wrote a letter. It's amazing what you can get with a 55-cent stamp these days. And he was asked to write the letter. We covered that in the first segment. He talked about uh, what could happen. And that he, uh, you know, went along with it. He made the arrangements. He got the refrigerated trucks, and it wasn't to, uh, you know, ship uh, whatever. No, it was, it was to keep them on ice until we could, you know, do what we do: uh, either bury them, cremate, whatever. We didn't know. We were, we were expect some of the numbers they were talking about, folks. It scared the hell out of me. And, it was and, very frightening to see that they. I was going over that again when they were saying fifty-six percent of California's population was going to catch this. Yeah, in the deaths, and you looked at Italy and some of these other countries that were just decimated and sad. The old folks, the and nothing they could do. I mean, they're they're waving goodbye through the window. Really, really wild. And and as Vern said, forty one years. Sheriff Warnke said, forty one years. Never saw anything like that. And you know, I'll just I just thank God that you were in the saddle and are in the saddle uh, while this is going on because I don't know what it would be like if we had. If we had a different leader here. But again, Sheriff Warnke, after a while, I'm reading from his letter now, second paragraph, when Governor Newsom took to the airwaves and then singled out a county because they didn't follow his ordered and orders and treated them differently, it became obvious to me that this whole lockdown was based upon him being able to have control over the citizens of this state. He is treating the state's counties as he has claimed to be treated by the president in the very recent past. That statement also pointed out that different counties have different issues and should be treated independently and not covered under one blanket. And it's come to light in the last Board of Supervisors meeting by uh, Dr. Uh, Rebecca, the uh, County Health Department uh, Administrator, that we have had resources withheld from us. We've had a testing center that was supposed to be open in the west side, Los Banos area, that was uh, suddenly not going to be open. And I heard Remdemisphere, if I'm saying it right, has been denied. And uh, Dr. Uh, Kemp said uh, that this could save lives. So is the governor punishing us, Sheriff? Uh, you know what? I don't know what his motivation is, but it sounds awful political to me. You know, I, I may have ruffled his feathers. That wasn't my intent. But you know what? He is not an emperor. He is the governor. And the people elected him to do the right thing. And it just everything points to the need for control. Now, I just find it ironic that uh, this letter goes into uh, Sacramento, and then all of a sudden resources are being pulled out of this county right by the governor so uh two and two i'm telling you it, it may not equal four in his eyes but it sure does here so uh that's you know that's something that we have to deal with and once again uh people's lives are in the balance based upon a political 
motivation. Well, and I think you've hit it right on the head. And again, you called it before. And again, this came out this week. This letter was authored last weekend or maybe Friday. I'm not quite sure. I uh, sent it Tuesday or Wednesday last week. Yeah. So, so it's it's uh, it's uh, over a week old now, folks. And again, this this uh, testing center, all of this, uh, you know, th- th- this is retaliation and this is not right. We're all supposed to be rowing the boat in the same direction and you can't treat every county the same we've had some counties that haven't had any deaths of course they're very sparsely uh, sparsely populated but you know we're into this uh this phase 2.5 now and i think this is what really frustrated the sheriff again he talked about um people calling it was it was in the uh, sunstar article not so much in the letter people calling crying begging for some leeway and also sheriff you've got some pretty angry phone calls too right oh my lord yeah oh yeah yeah uh folks that are out there that uh had one that uh you know it's got to be my way or the highway and i thought you know what no i'm allowing folks to make up their own minds it has nothing to do with my way or the highway uh and i don't have the authority to say uh to a local tavern open up but I can tell them what I'm not going to do. And the, the insinuations that have been coming out, you know, like the group from UC Merced, mm. well, you know what, they're very quick to criticize, mm-hmm. but not a single one of them, if they were put in a position like I'm in, I don't think any one of them put their name on something that was going to affect 280,000 people, but they're really quick to criticize uh, with regard to the safety and the, uh, I guess, the living conditions uh, for our folks to make up their own minds. Oh, I'm putting everybody in at danger. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Well, you know what, folks? It's real easy when you're sitting at home still making full salary and don't have to worry about it. But when the other folks in this county can't make a living and they're losing everything, you know what? I don't think you have a right to even speak up at that particular moment because who I'm trying to help are the folks that want to help themselves, not asking for handouts, and they're not getting a handout. They want to open back up and get back to work. You know, it's easy to stay home and collect your salary and do nothing. So... No, I, I sound pissed. No, I agree. I, I think that these ten professors that authored this letter, if they really wanted to show solidarity, you know, go on the uh, go on the six hundred dollar a week little spiff there. You know, they're taking a, a huge ten percent pay cut. I heard, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't think that uh, they're really understanding. Everybody's still getting their full salary uh, it, over there, and and they do have an opinion. But these folks have had opinions before, Sheriff. You know, oh, that, yeah. you know this group. This is the uh, some of this group is the ICE out of Merced. And no, we're not talking about Motel 6, the machine's broken. No, we're talking about Immigration and Custom Enforcement, which is a federal organization. And they they don't want our sheriff and have not wanted our sheriff for years now to have any cooperation with the federal authorities, so much so that the state of California is a sanctuary state. And and so we, uh, you know, I was going to ask you, have you been asked to be on a lot of the national news shows as one of our mayors has been? Uh, not this, not this go around. <laughs> I find that amazing because this letter, to me, uh, had more of an impact and was more uh, uh, thoughtful and provoking than some of the uh, feel-good uh, legislation we've seen by declaring sanctuary for small business. I think, uh, being a capitalist society, we've always been a sanctuary for small business. What we're upset about is not being able to uh, exercise that right, and I think that's what your letter kind of. Uh, really talked about the frustration, and you're in the position, again, to enforce these things. But these, these UC folks, you know, they took issue with your medical prowess, but again, <laughs> you, you are the coroner, and you do have a, a, a medical responsibility in this community, and you are not shirking away from that when it comes down to working with the health department on any kind of surveillance or tracking 
or, or keeping people quarantined. So let's get that completely straight. Okay, you know, he's not threatening lives, you know, to date, nearly 89,000 people in the U.S. have died. Well, now it's about 90 something. And, and, and here, you know, and they got to mention the Vietnam War. You know, we got to get these these little talking points out. You know, it's Trump's Vietnam. But they're talking about all the people that could have died. Well, that's what we've heard all along. And at what point, Sheriff, do we say woulda, coulda, shoulda, we need to get back to, to living? Well, I'm at that point right now, Case. I want to touch on something that you mentioned with those uh, folks from UC Merced. So I had a phone call two nights ago. A person that's a neighbor with about half of those folks called me up and said, you realize they're violating the stay-at-home, the, the social distancing on a daily basis, and yet they have the audacity to tell me that, don't take medical advice. You know what? Here's the deal. I'm doing my job. You go do your job. You go out there, stay in the safety, the safety zone of your UC Merced stuff, and let me deal with this county that I was elected to do. Give your opinions, but you better have the facts behind it, not just your feelings. Well, and that's what a lot of this is. It's feelings. And it's amazing how this is broke along part, partisan lines. And what really upsets me is, is, is uh, somebody like yourself, who's, who's very vocal, who always has been vocal. And believe me, the voters of this county appreciate it. We don't need a letter that's been vetted by 15 department heads. We want a letter that's written from the heart, from our leader, from our sheriff, because that's why they elected you. Uh, unopposed last, last election, I might add. So, so this is what folks want. And if, if these folks who have never, really never liked any decision, I don't even know if there was a honeymoon period with these folks with you. No. Right off the bat, uh, you know, it was uh, what the, out at the jail, people were dying because of you, the racism, this and that. No, you've got animals out there literally killing each other when, when, the, when nobody's watching. It, it, they stomped a guy to death in the cell and nobody knew anything, right? Correct. I mean, this is the kind, and they expect you to have some magical power over these people. But, but like I say, Sheriff, when, when you talk about poverty, you see the effects of people not having a job. This area, it's no, it's no uh, secret, folks. We are an impoverished county. When you look at our demographics, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the education level out of 58 counties, well, we're in the 50s. In some areas, we're an agricultural county, but we got a lot of good people. And when there's work, things are good. And when there's no work, there's more crime, right, Sheriff? Correct. And that's, the, that's something that we didn't have the luxury of taking any time off. Every person in this agency has been coming to work every single day. Nobody's sheltering at home. We can't uh, long-distance work here. We have to be hands-on. You know. Um, so when we're talking about these things, I've got 400 people, full-time and part-time, that work at this agency. And they're all working. All of them are working every single day. We're doing everything we can to keep uh, this disease out of the jail. Every person that goes into the jail, and that would be me included if I decide to go into jail, I've got to get screened medically before I even go back into that jail. So when we're talking about this, we're doing everything. Crime is going to go up, and we're going to have to have this. And now we're hearing uh, rumors about budget cuts. And, I mean, I just just got this agency fully staffed within this last year. I know. Crime has been at our absolute lowest. Morale is very high. And now we're going to be facing this uh, uh, potential up to a 10% cut in pay. So uh, Yeah, yeah and, and again, not being, again, the governor's not being political when he said the first ones to get cut were who, Sheriff? Yeah, the government. Public safety. Public safety. Pub fire and police. Fire yeah. and police, and that means sheriffs too, because, again, just, just despicable, you know. And again, 400, 400 of of, uh, of sheriffs, tr the troops showing up there every day. 
the the uh, the line between anarchy and uh, and civilization here, order, law and order, and tell me some of the things that have come down because of this COVID nineteen that have affected that. Talk about no bail, catch and release. What are we fishing now over at the bridge? Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah, you can catch somebody. Uh, that's just the amazing thing here is is we were forced. And if we'd have been up the full uh, population in the jail, but because of this alight, or the new jail that's supposed to be built, and we've been waiting five years for that, and that's a whole other story. I know. We but, talked uh, about it. There was mandatory on release on, on felons, and there's a lot of jails up and down the state that had to release a lot. But because we already had the, the worst of the worst in this downtown facility, we, didn't, we, we did not release any of the folks there. Uh, we had some out of John Lauderaca on Sandy Mush that we had to... Uh, to go forth along and punt out. Hmm. But the problem that we're having now is that we got coppers out there making arrests or trying to make arrests and can't do it solely, solely because emergency order number four says they don't meet the criteria. We caught a guy last week in the Beat 4 area, Atwater Winton, gangbanger with a gun and possible uh, child molestation. He did not meet the criteria to be booked. Unbelievable. And that was through our judges saying, oh, he doesn't meet the criteria. Are you, are you kidding me? A gangbanger with a gun and possible child molestation, but he doesn't meet the criteria because of COVID. Well, I remember uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, we had yourself and our former DA talking about some laws where they decriminalize felonies. Yep. Shooting at a dwelling. Hey, go in peace. Unbelievable. My friends, we're out of time. The second segment, they go quick. I hope the sheriff can stick with us just a little bit longer. I can do it. All right. We're, we're so blessed to have to have with us Sheriff Vern Warnke uh, this Saturday, May 23rd, Citizen Watch. We'll be right back. Too. Man, I want to go out and eat, you know? I'm telling you, I'm waiting for these uh, restaurants to open up. The Branding Iron, now they tried, uh, 510 Bistro, they tried. Yep. I think they were open about three days, and then uh, they got the hand slap. But you know what? They're trying again after uh, after we got the uh, okie-dokie. Yep, 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 yep. The okie-dokie from the governor late Tuesday night. You know, I got to give, uh, you know, I know county staff, God bless their hearts, but uh, they really, I guess, went the extra effort Monday night. Got the uh, application in. Again, the uh, parameters changed from uh, the week prior. We, our application that we had submitted the week prior was uh, denied. But the governor, I, I, I think he might be feeling a little pressure. I know I know this letter gave him a little heat. And uh, suddenly, you know, well, maybe if you do this, you do that. And, and, you know, we qualified, I think, 55 out of 58 counties. Hell, even Tulare said, screw it, man. We're, we're going full, full steam ahead. And they've, they've been dropping like flies down there, uh, relatively speaking. Again, when you look at the numbers... Right. When you look at the numbers, again, Tulare, a lot of nursing homes down there. Lots and lots. If you take the nursing homes out of the equation, mm-hmm. and I think you'd find a lot of different th- things. But you know what they emphasize is, oh, we've got so many COVID cases. Mm-hmm. Well, when they say that, you, you have a tendency to not read the second line saying, but out of 200 cases, 140 have recovered. Yeah, a lot of recoveries. And again, with these cases, a lot of what they call the underlying conditions. Yes. And our sheriff was very candid. Uh, in the article of the Merced Sunstar, uh, he has, a, I don't know if it's underlying condition, but uh, definitely a vulnerable population. 
And I just wondered if you'd share with the listeners why you are a vulnerable population. Well, uh, last July, July 23rd, I was diagnosed with uh, a small tumor um, and went to Stanford, uh, Stanford Hospital, had it removed. Then I went through chemo, and, and on March 12th was my last time taking chemo. And then COVID hit, so I couldn't get the follow-up done. But everything indicates I just got some follow-up, had a nice long talk with my uh, oncologist, and uh, he said everything looks wonderful and so on. But, you know, I got filleted from the, my sternum to below my belly button, and um, he's, he's very confident. But I don't know how, uh, I guess, how dangerous it is for me. I just know that I, I could be very vulnerable in this position, and I've never shirked away from letting people know about the cancer because I'm their sheriff and I, you know, I'd much rather have them hear the truth from me than to have somebody make up stories and tell them. So I don't know how vulnerable I am, but I am taking all the precautions and I do take this seriously. But, you know, again, that's my choice. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, really, you know, you want to live and I know you're a guy that really enjoys life and you've always been very honest with all your situations and I appreciate you sharing that with our listener and I, listeners and I hope uh, the prognosis and everything continues uh, very well. The, what concerned me in the article, it said you quit chemotherapy, and I'm like, oh, please don't quit. But oh, you no, were, no, no, no. You were my, done. my final time. Okay. I went through the entire, the entire uh, suggested regimen. Good, good, good. I, I, I knew that you would follow doctor's orders in that case. So anyway, uh, the, the point being is that, you know, our sheriff understands the concern with this, but where we've seen the outbreaks, where we've seen some of the clusters, it really doesn't make sense to keep the businesses closed, uh, every business becomes essential at a certain point, especially when you get these, you know, empathetic appeals from people, even the uh, people that are upset. Now, you do have some people, they use the term, uh, they've used it with uh, Mayor Mike Murphy of Merced, with Supervisor McDaniels on the Board of Supervisors. You have blood on your hands by not uh, sheltering in place or, or following these orders. But again, Sheriff, I think with poverty, with mental illness, depression, uh, domestic violence. Yep. Wouldn't you have blood on your hands if you didn't do something? Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Uh, darn if I do, darn if I don't. And uh, you know, these folks that come out there, hey, folks, here's, I'm directing this statement at you specific. For those of you who are making these comments, blood on your hands and this and that. You know what? If you don't want to go out, stay home. If you don't want to go grocery shopping, stay home. That's up to you. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. Folks that need to go out and get it done, they're going to have it. But the blood on the hands, you talk about depression, you know, I'm very fortunate that I haven't had somebody do themselves in based upon this. And there's been folks that have actually talked about it. So, you know, which way do I go with this? You know, I'm sure hotlines and that sort of thing have, yes. uh, have been overwhelmed. And again, you know, it's, 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 there's no easy way to go. And I think you've taken the right tact. I think really all of our electeds here have tried to take the right tact by being cautious the hospitals, again, the surge capacity, even if, if the deaths happen, your capacity, law enforcement uh, clearing the jails out so people didn't get sick. But it really does have an impact on society the longer we keep going down this road. We have some people talking that we're not going to get back to normal or stage four until we have a, a verified vaccine or therapeutics that work. Well, my friends, in law enforcement, they've been dealing with hepatitis C, uh, AIDS, some really contagious things for a lot of years. And uh, I don't know that we can wait for a vaccine before we can just go back to the way we were, can we, Sheriff? No, I don't think we can wait for a vaccine. I can think right now that the three basic things that we can do to help take the risk factor down is the, the hands, the face, and the distancing. 
And I think that those are an important criteria that we need to keep monitoring. We can't wait for a vaccine because we're going to get into irreparable uh, financial area as far as our economy is concerned. And the statement I made uh, to the governor was the fact that it seemed like he wants people to be relying on the government, and that's where it seems to be folding. And I thought, you know what, no. I know some businesses here in town that uh, had offered their employees to come back to work so they can spruce up while they're closed down, and the employees refused because they're making more not working. Well, so I, that's not a good motivational uh, time. We need to have people working. That's what's going to give the governor a budget to work with, because where else is he going to make the money? He's going to print it. He's <laughs> not going to just print it. He can't print it. But when he talks about the government shortfall, when uh, I was in uh, Santa Cruz County last week, and I heard a news report that said that he, I want to say it was either 53 or $56 million that he has dedicated to, and I'll use their term, undocumented workers. Right. Okay, up to a thousand bucks per household, and fifty-six million dollars, and yet we're supposed to trim my budget here at the sheriff's office uh, by five or ten percent, and my entire budget for the sheriff's office is like sixty million. So, what what are we talking? If you if you're worried about shortfalls, why are you still giving the money away? That's the question I have for the governor. Why are you still giving it away? Open the businesses back up, get these people back to work, where you can save some of that money instead of hitting us with it. Well, I think, again, you uh, you hit it in your letter, and I'm going to read from it. It became obvious to me that this whole lockdown was based upon him being able to have control over citizens of this state. Now, you mentioned citizens. I dare say uh, he wants to have control over people that are not citizens. Well, I think there's a little paragraph or a parenthesis in there, too. Yes, well, I, I saw that. And, and, and the point being is this is pandering. This is, you talk about political uh, a payoff. I mean, I, I'm sure, I don't know if they're registering to vote. I don't think you legally can. But these, these community organizers that are going out there and passing out this $56 million, it's not even the counties. I mean, it's not even like, hey, go to the 2222 M Street, you know, uh, right down. We'll make, you know, two uh, checks per household, $1,000 per household. I don't know if you have to be working. My question is, how, how long have you been here? I mean, could I have come up last night from San Ysidro and and uh, and put in my uh, my my uh, claim? You know, I don't get this. I don't get this at all. When we have business owners, when we have people that have been unemployed, that have fallen through the cracks, and when I say people, citizens of this United States, and here we are giving folks illegal aliens, people that have come into the country illegally, and again. The sheriff's been very clear. He is not enforcing that particular issue. But you couple that with a felony, with somebody like this cat that killed our police officer up there in Newman. Let's let's talk about that guy here illegally and how many family members helped him escape, Sheriff. I think it was, what, 10 illegals? Mm -hmm. 10 family members who were all here illegally. And this cat, Virgin, or whatever his name is, we didn't even know his name for three days, he, he was uh, under deportation order, gets pulled over for a deuce, can't comply with the program, but boy, oh boy, I wonder if they'd be in line for the $500. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of stuff we have to deal with when we have the bleeding hearts. Now, I make that real clear. Casey, you said it. I, you know what? If you're here illegally and you don't come on my radar, I'll, I'll never know. That's right. That's gone on for years. You've been in yeah. business 41 years in this county, pushing a, a cruiser around the mean streets of, of Merced County. Fern, we've had illegal aliens here since yeah. we were kids. Come on. Yep. And, and, long- I, and I dealt with them on a regular basis. And uh, I have people, I go into the labor camps during Christmas time, literally, and we give out Christmas toys. We don't ask them 
their status. No, and what as I long do is when they get booked, uh-huh. we find out. You know what, folks? They're here creating more crime. Well, you know what? They need to go back to country of origin. Period. Well, um, you know, we've had some folks. We actually had to, you know, deport back to Russia and England throughout this state. So it's not just our southern borders that we're worried about. No. it's the Russian intel. Go to Sacramento. You want to know how many illegal Russians there are in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and they're with a the, uh, crime mob there. Right. No, people come into this country illegally all the time, and people want to. Uh, pick on one race, which is really racism, I think, because, again, Vern is colorblind when it comes to that. We're, he, we're, he's not going after immigration enforcement per se, but when you come on the radar, you've committed murder, you've committed a child. He just talked about a child molester in the last segment, can't even book into jail now. I don't, right. know, I don't know the guy's status, but the point being is we have lost sight of what the sheriff is supposed to do, law and order, and we get these UC professors, the sum of the same ones that authored this letter, that say, you know what, don't arrest that guy. Don't don't cooperate with ICE, even though he killed a police officer, even though his family members tried to help him get out of this state. Don't cooperate with that. But yet they expect you to toe the line when it comes down to surveillance and tracking and this and that. What the hell? Do you think they're going to open the door? Will they know it's ICE or will they know it's Vern? Do they know it's tracking? Do they know it's COVID? You see how idiotic this argument is is, and you're trying to put this sheriff in the middle of, of a of a catch-22. Just let him do his job. Well, Case, I, I do have to point out that the support that I've gotten since that letter's come out has been almost overwhelming. Well, it should be. And, I mean, the absolute, uh, the letters, the, the folks coming into the office, you know, I went on a couple of calls, I happened to be the closest one there, and I got there, and the gal was having a problem with her kid, and she came outside, and she forgot about the problem with her, her teenage son, and she, all she wanted to do was thank me. And I thought, holy moly, um, it's just the support has been outstanding. I've got a, I mean, this, like I say, this county has got some wonderful people in it. And the folks that are naysayers, well, they're going to be naysayers. And it's just like no matter what President Trump does, he can do all the good things in the world. He can find a cure for cancer, but because people don't like him, they're, they're going to talk bad. And that started out that way with me is the, these UC folks that are out there don't like the sheriff. And I say that's not Vern. I'm saying they don't like the sheriff. And I don't take it personal, no. but as the sheriff, I'm going to make sure the job gets done, whether they like it or not. No, it's this whole attitude to law enfor- about law enforcement. You know, the uh, you know it, it, we see it in the national scene. We've seen it lately this week with, you know, I was just jogging and turns out to quite a criminal record, that sort of thing. You know, I, I just, you know, we've got to just look at things on face value. And trust me, if you don't think this sheriff is out there protecting UC, I'm going to go back to when I don't even think you were in the saddle six months when little Fazal decided he was going to, you know, commit terrorism out there under the ISIS banner. I don't know what, again, I know you were, <laughs> and, and you went out there again, all the way responded, you know, UC cop was luckily able to stop the threat, but you know, what do these folks want? You know, I just, it's just so frustrating. And here we're getting down to the last 45 seconds. I'm going to give you the final word. This has been a quick show. I'm so thankful that you came in, and I just really appreciate you talking to our listeners, clarifying your position. He, he's not standing down. Go ahead, Sheriff. You finish up. I'm not going to stand down. And, folks, uh, you know, the rumors coming around that I'm going to retire, that's absolutely false. I haven't heard that rumor. That's Oh, I've had people calling me. I hear you're going to retire. No. no. Folks, I am not retiring. Uh, I'm sticking around. I made you a promise as long as my health is good and it's back. The Lord has smiled on me and he'll continue to smile. I'll be your sheriff as long as you want. If you think it's time for me to leave, then I I guess I'll hear from you. But until that happens, if I get your support, I'm going to continue to do what I do. Well, what concerns me is uh, I worry about the day you do retire. Because I don't know if we have people, I'd like to think, 
And maybe you can uh, leave our listeners with that. I'd like to think that we have people in the ranks coming up, young people that think like you do, that have the guts like you do, that have the huevos like you do, that would write a letter like this. And I just hope that we have those type of people in our organization. Well, the fortunate part is, Case, I can say definitely yes. I've got some up-and-comers, and and, uh, when it's time for me to pull the pin, we're going to be able to have somebody come in, and I I will tell you this. If I recommend that person, then they're going to be thinking along the same lines. Thank God. Well, with us, we've had, I I tell you, I'm not exaggerating, out of 58, number uno, numero uno, (laughs) Merced County Sheriff Vern Warnke on the phone with us. Thank you again, Sheriff, for talking to my listeners. Thank you, Case. So again, what a great interview with Sheriff Vern Warnke. Want to let people know now is the time. Get ready to call in right after this show ends. Right at 9 o'clock, your chance to win a family pack of five face masks for your protection, courtesy of Image Masters. For more info on personal protective equipment, go to imagemasters.com and click on the PPE link at the top of the page. Also going to give away a $10 gift certificate to O'Reilly's Tavern, located at 1730 Canal Street in Merced. $10 gift certificate. Want to thank last week's winner, Fred F. from Atwater. Longtime listener. Really appreciate it. Call in right now. I'm here.